Welcome back to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. This is episode four, and today we're going to be talking all about cardiovascular training, the difference between anaerobic and aerobic systems, and you'll also learn how to use your heart rate to understand how hard you're working, how hard you should be working, and some basic exercise prescription guidelines and how you can apply them if you want to live a long, healthy life and not miss training any of the major energy systems. So let's go ahead and dive into today's show. Welcome to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast, where we as everyday women choose to make health simple. We fuel ourselves mindfully and move intentionally. When we aren't lifting weights, spending time with people we love, or enjoying nature in our downtime, you can probably find us chilling in our yoga pants, wearing blue light blocker glasses before bed, so we can get amazing sleep and wake up feeling ready to conquer the day. <laughs> I'm Kelsey Miller, kinesiology prof and founder of Smart Bells Fitness. I'm your new fitness BFF who's obsessed with helping you simplify your health. Eating, lifting, and managing stress doesn't have to be complicated. And here you'll learn how to implement bite-sized habits that will change your life. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get pumped up for today's show. All right, so let's go ahead and start with some definitions. So I think the first thing that we need to explain is what is conditioning or cardiovascular training even mean? Because I think that word gets thrown around a lot cardio and we don't even really know what we're talking about here. So cardiovascular training is a type of exercise that increases the endurance of the skeletal muscles. Basically, you're becoming more efficient at your body's ability to distribute oxygen by the heart to the muscles. And you can think of it as training cardiac muscle to be more efficient to meet whatever the imposed demands are that you're applying to your body. So we overcome stress that is placed on our system, and this is how we become stronger and more conditioned. So when you're doing cardiovascular training, we're working to prevent diseases and improve our health and well-being while also reducing the risk for injury. So there's a lot of things that can be worked on as a result of cardiovascular training. And for the sake of today's show, we'll just shorten it. We'll call it cardio. The next thing I want to jump to is dispelling some common myths. So the first myth is that high intensity interval training is the, is the answer for everything. This is not actually true. You can't just do high intensity interval training every single day, hope to lose all the fat you want and not have any repercussions from that. So we'll talk about that as we dive into this. The second myth is that building up your aerobic system can only happen if you're gonna do distance running. Not true, ladies, not true. You can build up your aerobic energy system, which we'll talk about in a second, doing lots of things. It's It doesn't have to be running. Uh, running actually is one of the more dangerous modes of exercise because it requires so much mechanical coordination and there's so many working pieces um, at the same time, that's one that if you're if you don't have good strong running form, that that's probably something to work on if you do want to get better at that. The third myth is that not everybody hates cardio, right? So most of you listening probably don't mind cardio. You might you may actually even like it depending on the style. So the most important thing that I want you guys to take away from today's show is that 
There's never one right answer that's gonna be a blanket application to every person. So it almost always depends, which is why I can't just give you basic recommendations and say, here, go do this, and you'll all end up with the same result, right? That's that's not quite the way that it works because everybody's biology is different. Everybody has different physiology. Everyone is starting from a different place. So people who are less trained will see better results from doing less work simply because they're less trained. So if you're more conditioned, if you're more trained, you're gonna have to work a lot harder to see even the smallest improvement, whereas somebody who's deconditioned or untrained can just start doing just about anything to see and will see improvement because they just started doing something. So the most important thing is that this is gonna depend on where you are in your cardio journey, okay? So it depends on how much you're currently doing, it depends on what intensity you're used to, and it depends how long you've been doing it. So let's go ahead and explain three of the most basic energy systems, and I'm not gonna get too sciencey with you guys, but I do think this is gonna help you understand the differences that can be manipulated, especially when you're doing things like interval training and high intensity interval training or hills or things like that. So, so the first system is the phosphagen system. And basically what this means is that during this type of activity, it's really short in duration. So really this system kicks in for the first zero to 15 seconds of you doing something, it's going to be able to produce a very high amount of power. And as a result, you basically get really fast, really high amounts of power produced, but it doesn't last very long. So the intensity um, or the percent of VO2, which we'll talk about how to calculate in a second, is extremely high but it can't last for very long because it's so high. So I want you to think of almost like lighting a match. So if you light a match, it lasts for a little bit, but then it burns out pretty quickly, but you can turn it on pretty quickly, okay? So that's, that's the phosphagen system. Glycolysis is more like a newspaper. Okay, so this one has a lower capacity to produce energy. Um, Glycolysis, you can still produce a high amount of power, but it's going to last for 15 seconds, anywhere to three minutes. And there's different fuels being used here, but you can think of this kind of like a newspaper. It's going to burn a little bit longer than a match, but not quite as long as a piece of wood, which is going to lead us to the next energy system, which is the aerobic system. So if you think of this one like burning a piece of wood, this this lasts a lot longer, right? So it's very high um, in its capacity to produce energy. So it's three plus minutes. So anything that's continuous activity where you're not stopping, you're doing it for longer than three minutes, that is going to be aerobic in nature. And the ability of your body to produce power is going to be really low because the duration is longer. So if you can see from these three examples, the phosphagen system being the match, the glycolysis 
system being the newspaper and the aerobic system being more like a piece of wood, what we see here is a relationship between intensity of exercise and duration of exercise. And what I mean by this is that there's an inverse relationship. So anytime you're doing an activity for a longer duration, the intensity or percent of VO2 is going to be lower. Anytime the duration gets shortened, so the, the number of seconds or minutes that you're doing the activity gets shortened, the intensity or percent of VO2 is going to be higher because you're not doing it for as long. And this makes sense, I think, if you think about it. So let's go ahead and transition to talking about how we actually calculate heart rate reserve and how you can use the Carvanen formula to estimate how hard you're working during cardio. Okay, I will also put this in the show notes for you guys, but if you want to put me on pause, this would probably be a really good time to grab a pen and a piece of paper because we're going to be doing some, just a little bit of math. So it's a little bit that you have to do to figure out how hard you're working. So your resting heart rate is the first number that you're going to need to get a handle for. So the best time to take your resting heart rate, you guys, is right when you wake up in the morning. Take it over a period of a couple weeks to see if it's consistent, but right before you get out of bed, find your carotid artery in your neck with your pointer finger and your middle finger, count for 60 seconds, and see what it is. And we just want to have you do this for more than one day because sometimes there's fluctuations between days, so we want to get an accurate number for this. And the reason why this is helpful is because if you can use your resting heart rate in the equation when you're trying to identify what percentage of difficulty you're working at, it's going to be much more accurate than if you just didn't use your resting heart rate at all. So once you have that number, uh, what you're going to do first is subtract your age from 220, okay? And this is an estimate, you guys. If you've ever done a max VO2, a max oxygen consumption test where you are put through a protocol by a professional and you have to actually work um, through the protocol. It gets you up to your max heart rate. They figure out what that is so that you actually know that number, use that number. But if you don't know, this is just an estimate uh, so that you can figure this out. So let's say if you're 30, 220 minus 30 is going to be 190. So 190 beats per minute is going to be your age predicted max heart rate. Once you have that number, we're going to take that number that you just got, 190, and subtract your resting heart rate from it. So let's say you've got a resting heart rate of 70 beats per minute. So we've got 190, your age predicted max minus your resting heart rate of 70 that's going to give you 120 beats per minute which is your heart rate reserve that number is really important so once you have your heart rate reserve or your HRR in order to find your target heart rate what you're going to do with that number is multiply it by the intensity that you want to work at, okay? And I, again, I'll write this in the show notes so you can look at it visually. But let's say that you wanted to work at 85% of your maximum heart rate. So you take your heart rate reserve, which we just found at 120 beats per minute. You're going to multiply that by 85%, which when that's converted into a decimal is... 0.85 okay and then the next thing you do is you just add on your resting heart rate back to that number 
Okay, so you would take 120 times 0.85, the intensity you wanna work at, which that's a pretty high intensity, and then re-add on your resting heart rate. So now we're at 172 beats per minute, if you actually do the math on that, okay? So how do you know what intensity to use? Now, this is where it gets interesting. So intensity recommendations for healthy adults are anywhere between 50 and 85% of your heart rate reserve, okay? This comes from the National Strength and Conditioning Association, but this is also uh, something that can be manipulated. So it's not saying that you can't ever go over 85%. I go over 85% all the time. Uh, not right now while I'm pregnant, but in the past, yes. So that is something that you can definitely manipulate. You don't have to stay within that strict guideline, but it is a variable that you can you can use. The healthier and more conditioned you are, the higher intensity you'll be able to train at for longer, okay? We just said a second ago that intensity and duration have an inverse relationship, but if you're if you're well-trained and you're conditioned, then you'll be able to go for longer at a higher intensity compared to somebody who's not as trained who's trying to do that same intensity, okay? So speaking of intensity, let's go ahead and transition into the principle of overload. So this is really important. I want you to I want you to either write down or think about for yourself right now. How many times a week am I doing cardiovascular activity that's elevating my heart rate for either 15 seconds, 30 seconds, two minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is, right? We talked about those different energy systems. So you can train aerobically or the first two systems that I listed were primarily anaerobic. And both of those ways you can condition your cardiac muscle to get stronger and induce the adaptation if you're stressing it enough. So overload, the principle of overload is basically a way to stress the body and you can stress the body by changing the intensity, the frequency, the volume. So intensity, when we talk about cardio, is basically percent of VO2 or percent of HRR, which we just talked about a second ago. So for this episode, we'll just reference it percent of HRR. Uh, because that's the one that we know. If you know your actual VO2, then great, you can use that number instead, but most people don't. So the intensity you can manipulate, the frequency, which is how many times per week you're doing this, the volume, meaning how long you're doing this for, all of these are considered modifiable variables, okay? So if you can remember this acronym, F-I-T-T, -T, frequency, intensity, time, and type. These are gonna be four modifiable modifiable variables that you can have the freedom to choose between when you're trying to decide what type of cardio to do. So the frequency, meaning how many days per week, the intensity, meaning percent of HRR, the time, meaning how long are you doing it for, and then the type. So the type is where I think a lot of people tend to get confused because there's things like steady state training, there's things like high intensity interval training or 
running hills or doing intervals of some kind. There's all these different ways you can train. And what I want you to think about here when you're trying to decide what to do is do, have you been doing the same thing over and over and over and over? Because if your answer is yes, the principle of overload is probably not working in your favor anymore. You have to induce an adaptation and you have to stress your body if you want to see change. So stressing your system, if you think about it this way, if you run two miles three times a week for the past three years, you're probably really good at running two miles. You're probably not very good at sprinting for 30 seconds. You're probably not very fast. You probably aren't great at running four miles, but the reality is that we all need alterations in our training styles and doing the same thing for your entire life is crazy because if you, if you just think that you're going to be good doing a single thing your entire life, you're really limiting yourself when it comes to physiology. So if you think about those three energy systems I just described, you train one of those, the other two aren't even being touched, right? So when we're talking about healthy lifestyles, balance, longevity, we kind of want to hit all of these things at some point. I'm not saying you have to spend hours and hours doing this. I'm just saying consider the idea that having alterations in your cardio is actually a really good thing. So there's, there's this continuum where on one end you can train really specifically for a goal, like the example that I just said a second ago, you can run two miles three times a week and you can get really good at running two miles and maybe that's good because you're training for a two mile race, right? But in this, you're gonna lose some adaptation. So if adaptation is development of all your physiological systems, you're not gonna be good at sprinting. You're not gonna be good at speed. You're not gonna be good at longer distances than two miles. So I think you have to answer the question, why are you even exercising in the first place, right? Why are you doing this? If, if your answer, and I think that it probably is, is to be healthy and live as well as possible, as long as possible, then there's really a lot of different systems that we need to train. Yes, if you're trying to lose fat, depending on where you're starting from, you can do that doing steady state exercise. You can do that doing high intensity interval training. You can do that running hills. You can do that doing interval training. But all of these things train your system differently. So some of those things are going to train your heart to recover really well. You're going to take it up and then you're gonna let it come back down. You're gonna take it up again and let your heart rate come back down. That's different than taking it up to a certain percentage, like say 60% and maintaining that for 30 minutes. Your cardiovascular fitness is going to be significantly compromised if the only thing you do is ever sprint, but you can also appreciate and recognize the fact that the human body's really developed and meant to be able to do all of these things. So we're meant to move in multiple planes. We're meant to be dynamic. We're meant to be able to have solid neural control. And some some uh, cardiovascular training requires more skill. Um, if you're only doing one type of training, you're gonna get really good at that one type, but there's gonna be a lot of holes in between. So if you want to be as well-rounded as possible, there's a lot of systems that we really need to train here. So if you're if you're sitting there thinking, 
this is a little bit confusing <laughs> and I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Don't be because we're we're going to talk about how to actually apply this in a simple, simple way. Okay, so whether or not you're interested in that science behind the energy systems, let's talk, let's talk to the person who's moderately trained. Okay, you've been doing some type of cardio activity where you're elevating your heart rate, whether it's via intervals, whether it's via running hills, whether it's doing steady state, so you're you know, you're jogging or biking for 30 minutes or longer. Maybe you like to take multiple hour bike rides. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you, you fall somewhere in that category. Maybe hiking is what you enjoy. So you're doing something. So depending on what you're doing, just like any modality, it's gonna be limited, right? Everything's got pros and cons. It's just the nature of things. If you're doing 30 minutes of distance running, that's gonna be really good for your cardiovascular endurance. It's not going to be good for your ability to elevate your heart rate and recover quickly. So you're probably not going to improve your VO2 max as much as if you did something that was higher intensity. How you're implementing the type of cardio that you're doing will affect how well it works. When it comes to your training, if you're not training for a specific athletic event, you're just training for life, right? You want to feel good. You want to be able to live for a long time. You want to train your physiology so that all of these things are getting worked. You want to stay lean, want to lose fat. Here's what I would recommend, okay? Find something that you like when you're talking about different modalities. So you don't have to run. You don't have to bike. Uh, you don't have to swim. You don't have to row. There's all sorts of things you can do, but it's not the actual exercise that determines the adaptation. It's the application of the exercise that determines the adaptation. Let me say that one more time. It's not the actual mode of exercise that determines your adaptations that you're gonna get. It's the application of the exercise that determines the adaptation you're going to get. So I would recommend having one day where you're doing something that is longer. You're doing something for at least 30 minutes. The intensity is lower, but it's a longer amount of time, right? There's there's different benefits that you get from doing something like that compared to doing something like a HIT training session, which is hitting that anaerobic energy system. So glycolysis or the phosphagen system that we talked about at the beginning. Take an amount of time, 20 to 30 seconds, all the way up to two to three minutes. There's a million and one different types of ratios you can do here. The variability is really limitless and it makes it really fun because you can do so many different types of things and we can get dive way deeper into that on another podcast episode, but um, I would recommend doing that once a week. I would also recommend doing some type of higher intensity training where you're doing, you are pushing your heart rate up to that 85, 90% of your heart rate reserve so that you're able to get it there, recover, come back down to maybe something like 130 and then go back up again. And the reason why I'm saying let your heart rate come down to 130 is because it's a little bit more specific than saying 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, one minute on, five minutes off. There's all these different ratios you can do. I think at the end of the day, what we're really talking about is how do we pick something that you currently maybe aren't comfortable doing because you haven't done it as much? How do we practice that for four to six weeks? 
focus on something specifically, and then you can change it. So typically the reason why I recommend people focusing on a specific type of training for four to six weeks is because it takes about that much time to start to see adaptations so that you actually see a difference, but you wanna change it because you don't wanna to start to plateau and not be using the principle of overload anymore. So when it comes to cardio, there's really many ways you can do this, right? But I think, again, all of this depends on you as a person. How much time do you have to commit to this? These are the questions that you need to ask. How many days per week, realistically, can you do this? And if you haven't listened to episode three where we talk about habit change, you need to go back and listen to that episode because it really talks about how important it is to keep it small, keep it simple. If you're currently doing one to two days, Maybe keep it at one to two days a week, maybe three, but change what you're doing. If you're only doing steady state, maybe swap out one of the days and do interval training instead. If you're only doing interval training, maybe incorporate a little bit more steady state. And it doesn't have to be a modality that you hate, right? You can pick something that you like. You can pick multiple things that you like and do them in a circuit type fashion, but you're just keeping your heart rate elevated for a longer amount of time. That's still going to be in the aerobic endurance training zone. No, it's not purest when it comes to aerobic exercise because maybe the muscle groups working are different. So for it to be true, true, true aerobic exercise, you're working the same muscle groups nonstop for a continuous amount of time. Now we can manipulate that, right? If, if you're more likely to do it, if it's biking, rowing, and running, and you just keep going from one to the next at a intensity that you can handle, then great, do that. That's, that's wonderful. The best way, you guys, to monitor your intensity is to wear a heart rate monitor strap. That is the most accurate way to figure out what your heart rate is during the middle of your training session without having to think about it. Because I can tell you from personal experience, it's a it's a lot to try to think about like okay what's my heart rate what am I doing right now? Okay, I have to remember to breathe. And kind of the point of cardio, I think why a lot of women tend to like it is because it kind of lets you turn your brain off so you don't have to think as hard. So that's why I like the heart rate monitor strap. Polar makes a great one and it connects to most watches or machines. If you don't have that, another way you can do it is just stop in the middle of the workout, take your pulse for 15 seconds, multiply that number by four. But this is where that Carvanen formula is gonna come in handy. So what I would recommend that you start doing is just start monitoring actually how hard you're currently working. Okay, so if we're trying to to stimulate the aerobic function, we're probably trying to hit between that 55 to 85%. And if you're a healthy woman, which I know that you are, that is the percentage that you should be shooting for. Now, if you're deconditioned, sometimes 30% is gonna be enough to induce an adaptation. So if you're more advanced, maybe you go above 85. But if you don't know what your heart rate is when you're doing exercise, I would just start by measuring it, finding what it is, and then you can start to manipulate the intensity based on the type of training that you're doing. Running hills, for example, that's gonna be a much higher intensity exercise uh, because of the elevation that's required for you to run up the hill. High intensity interval training, there's a million different different ways you can do that, which we talked about. Interval training is where you go from one thing 
you do it for a little bit, you go to another thing, do it for a little bit, <laughs> um, go to another thing, do it for a little bit. And you can do that. You can even make that more steady state if you do that for a long enough period of time without stopping. Steady state is you just not stopping. So my encouragement for you is to find something that you enjoy. Try monitoring your heart rate just to figure out what it is. Try implementing something new if you've been doing the same things over and over and over so that you get that principle of overload and that adaptation that comes from that. You're not going to get adaptation if the intensity is not high enough. So if you only go hang out on the elliptical at a comfortable pace all the time, you're probably not getting the adaptations that you want because it's not intense enough. So lots of good recommendations here. I think you guys can walk away from this and know something new that you can try um, and hopefully try something that's outside of your comfort zone. I hope this was helpful. If you have questions, I would love to hear them. Come find me on Instagram, drop them in my direct message. And if you guys want a follow-up episode on this that dives deeper into any one of these categories, I'd love to do that. If this is something that you want more guidance in or that you're looking to be more specific about your types of training and you want help doing that, I write specific training programs to help you assess any weaknesses and help you get better at areas that you want. And I'd be happy to do this for you. Go check out my website website and shoot me an email. Let me know who you, who you are, what you're looking to improve in, and then we can kind of go from there. Hey friend, if you learned something new in today's show, go ahead and take a screenshot of it, post it up in your Insta stories and tag me so I can see it. Don't forget to head to iTunes to leave a review and subscribe to the show if you found value in today's podcast. You can look your best, feel energetic, and have more time to spend doing things you love. Let's encourage each other as we pursue simplicity in how we fuel and move so that we can flourish. To connect with me, come find me on Instagram at the Kelsey Lee or on my website, KelseyLeeMiller.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.